Welcome to the Medicinity podcast. I'm Imogen, an A-level student here to bring you the best people with knowledge and insight on how to go into med school, how to become a doctor and to help you decide whether a career in medicine is for you. I'm here today with Jenny Yang who is currently studying medicine at Clare College in Cambridge and is incubating in the Department of Genetics so keep listening to hear more about that later. Welcome to the podcast Jenny, it's great to have you on here. Thank you Imogen, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's absolutely great to have you. So let's learn a little bit about you. Why did you decide that medicine was the right career for you? Uh, yeah, so I think medicine is one of those careers that you get very early exposure to as a child from being in hospital or GP appointments or whatever. And I think I've been lucky to always have quite positive experiences and I've I've just sort of liked the clinical environment. Um, and then I guess it's a very sort of standard enjoying learning about science and biology at school and learning more about medicine as a career. Um, you know, the motivation at, for it is to provide care to improve quality of life. And, you know, combining that with utilizing the problem solving skills um, and also actually there's the potential for improving how healthcare is delivered through research. Um, just all of that combined means that yep studying medicine is the right idea for me um, so that's where I am no I like that idea about improving because a lot of people do say I love the science of helping people but you can actually make a difference and yeah yes. that's, that's a that's a good answer I'll be writing notes <laughs> <my interviews>. okay <laughs> um, with Cambridge so we we've had a Cambridge person previously at this point and so but we haven't had that many people talk about Oxbridge and also BMAT so Cambridge is mm. BMAT could you explain a bit about what that is and kind of what you have to do to do that? Uh, yes, so the BMAT is uh, an additional uh, admissions test that you have to do. So most universities will just ask for the UCAT. And the BMAT is a written, I think, two hour exam with three sections. Um, I'm not sure how much has changed since when I did the BMAT. Uh, but from what I remember, section one is um, sort of critical thinking, problem solving, uh, section two is your sort of GCSE science and maths questions. And then section three is a very quick essay that you have to write in half an hour. Wow, yeah, I've heard a lot about that essay actually, like kind of abstract questions, is that right? Yes, I, I will say this is not my strong point, but I will also, I don't mind sharing the fact that um, despite having a very low BMAT essay score, so I got 2.5A, which was just on the boundary of um, being interviewed for Imperial. It was enough still to get me offers at Imperial and Cambridge. So even if you think you did really badly, don't worry too much, you still have a shot. There's still that glimpse of hope somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you, you've mentioned about Imperial actually there and um, Imperial being another BMAT, but what stood out to you about Cambridge compared to the other ones? Yeah, so I think the main thing about Cambridge and I guess also Oxford is that um, the core structure is very different. So you have the first three years which are preclinical in Cambridge and then the last three years which are clinical. And this means that in the first three years, it's a lot of focus on learning the science, uh, you know, which I knew I enjoyed doing and I wanted to take it further from sort of my A-level studies. Uh, and also specific to Oxford and Cambridge is the idea of small group tutorials or supervisions, as we call it. And 
this is done within your college. So you get to know the people within your college very well. So there are 10 um, medics in Claire in my year. And because it's a smaller cohort, rather than just being in a university of, I don't know, several hundred medics, it, it means you have the people to go to, to become friends with, you know, from day one, and you meet them and you all live sort of nearish each other. Um, something else about Cambridge is um, the idea about research. Uh, I'm not aware of any other universities having a program like the MBPhD program that Cambridge has. So that's where you take three years out between uh, your fourth year and fifth year uh, to do a PhD. And this is something I'm thinking about applying to um, because Cambridge is such a great place for research. It's really at the forefront, especially for genetics research. Um, and that's sort of what I'm interested in. And uh, Cambridge also the location the, and the environment, the sort of old architecture vibes, the Harry Potter vibes, which I've always wanted to um, be, be surrounded in since I read the books as a young child. Um, and actually as a sort of Cambridge versus Oxford comparison. Um, so when I went to Oxford, there's sort of one main very busy road with cars and buses going up and down. It can be quite hectic. But Cambridge seems like a very safe and safe city to be in because everyone's walking or cycling. Um, and yeah, there's not much traffic. It's a bit quieter in that sense. Um, and a lot of green space as well, which is really nice. Oh, that's really good. I, I've only been to Oxford myself. I haven't been to Cambridge yet. But yeah, I, I know what you mean about the massive road. Down yeah. And yeah, having a safe city is really, really important. I Yeah. <laughs> I really like those reasons and research three years out. That's a lot. I was just talking yeah. about intercalation, how one year is considered a break. Yeah. What? Three why years? Not, yeah. Why not make a six year degree in nine years? <laughs> why not? Honestly, that's crazy. That, that's insane. So, yeah. Uh, so, I think it's something that I want to do. Um, and even though it seems like a delay into um sort of beginning the clinical medical career I don't think I ever want to leave the sort of science or lab-based research behind and it's very difficult to go back into this once you've become a clinician so I think doing an earlier PhD and establishing myself in sort of um basic science research will set you know it will open up new paths for the future as well okay yeah that's great that makes sense because you've got kind of a wider range of things you've done before you yes exactly with your, with your medical degree that's really interesting and so um I'm gonna gonna skip a few questions so you're also interested in genetics is that what you were thinking of doing for your PhD or yes yeah, sort of so genetics is quite broad yeah. um essentially it's anything to do with the genome or DNA or RNA and that comes under genetics so um, this can encompass things like um, cancers, where you look at different mutations leading to, you know, activation of the cell cycle, proliferation or whatever, um, or stuff like rare genetic diseases and sort of uh, inheritance of that. And my current interest is more in the developmental side of things. So my uh, part two project, so my project for my intercalated year will be surrounding the idea of development and um, early embryogenesis and sort of finding out what happens and what can go wrong. Yeah, okay. We're just doing genetics at A-level, so it's very different 
level uh, of yeah. knowledge, but yeah, there's a lot that can go wrong, isn't there? So <laughs> yeah. know about that and be able to mm. treat that and deal with that. Mm. Um, is there any particular disease that you're particularly interested on have learned about and thought, oh, that's quite interesting? Obviously, there's loads. Not yet. I think we learn about too many at once. It's sort of one single lecture and they throw about, you know, 10 different examples at you and all the mechanisms behind it, which chromosomes they're on and what exactly is the mutation. So okay, I need a yeah. bit of time to get my head around it. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And so going back, you've, you've explained about, obviously, Cambridge, Beam Up. There's a lot of things to do to get mm. to there. But now you're in medicine. Are there any kind of other barriers you face along your medical journey? Oh, I'd say the jump between A-level, so year 13 and first year at uni is such a big one. And it's one that you can't really prepare for. So, I, I you know, my only tip would be once you're in uni, just don't expect to know what you're doing or be certain of what you're meant to be doing, at least for the first few weeks, if not for the first couple of months. And be prepared to just keep adjusting how you're learning, how you're studying, how you're taking notes, uh, how you're summarizing and revising. And it's a long course, so you've got plenty of time to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of independence as well, living by yourself or living with other people away from your family. And there's a whole true. different ball game, isn't it? So yes learning how to balance your time as well between studying and you know social life or just well-being like sleep and exercise is, is is an important thing to try and get a hang of oh definitely definitely and I obviously haven't been through it yet but it is it is intense I can imagine and trying to do everything at once is a big struggle so yeah I mean hats off to you and every other medical student for balancing yep. their life so well it'll be fun you'll enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully and so within uh, Clare College that's the specific college you're within in Cambridge yeah. do you have to apply specifically to that one or can you apply to a few or how does that work mm, so with Cambridge you apply to one college or you can put down an open application in which case they'll randomly put you into a different into a college and then it will be that college, um, the admissions staff, which get in contact with you regards to interviews or, you know, results from that afterwards. Uh, if following an interview, your the college that you apply for, because there were too many people, for example, they might put you into a, what's called a pool of people. So like really good interview applicants, but unfortunately there wasn't quite enough space. And there'll be this massive discussion amongst all the colleges and all the sort of um, admission staff and um, directors of studies and the sort of try and take you and put you in a college which might have space um, which might take a bit of time so. okay yeah so was Claire Claire College your first choice yes Claire was my first choice um, because it has beautiful gardens but unfortunately they've been doing building works for the past three years so I haven't seen any of it <laughs> oh no that's so annoying well you've uh, got potentially another six years so yeah, it's probably right. be done soon exactly <laughs> eventually oh gosh that's so annoying we had <laughs> as part of Clare College now that you're there and managed to get in which is really great <laughs> so you are the co-president of the medical society and you said there are only 10 medics at the college so what does your role involve and how do you manage the medical society as co-president 
Right. So it's um it's a medical and veterinary society. So also with the vets. So in our year, there are 10 medics and what started out as four vets. And that's roughly the same number for each of the six years. And uh, my main role as co-president is um, to lead and also to work with the committee to plan and organize events. For example, um, we have midterm welfare events, including, you know, with Krispy Kreme donuts in the library common room. We ran a Bridgemas, a Cambridge Christmas uh, pizza night and a, a Freshers' Welcome formal dinner and also a games night with sort of Pictionary or uh, lettuce eating competitions <laughs> and splats. And uh, in the role of co-president, um, me and my uh, fellow co-president are hoping to raise some new ideas, such as we're in the process of uh, organizing, of uh, writing a proposal to establish a summer research fund just for our college so that we can, you know, have some money to support any medical vet students who want to do a summer research placement, but might not have been able to get funding for themselves because it is really competitive, you know, having tried that last summer. Um, other things we're trying to do is to work with the clinical medics because we seem quite segregated um, currently between the preclins and the clinical students. So just to find out ways to get them involved with our activities, um, you know, find out ways for them to be able to help us, uh, such as or to help them because they want to increase teaching opportunities, for example, um, which would look really great on their CV. And we, you know, we need to try and find ways to let them do that. And uh, over the summer, what we sort of did was so within our college Med, uh, Medvet Society, we have a Google we have Google Drives for every year, full of resources which we pass down the years. And a lot of colleges have this, and. Um, this might be something worth asking if you're thinking about applying to a Cambridge college at the open day, try and speak to a medical student and ask them, like, what college specific resources do you have? Is it any good? Because some colleges will have tons of this, like essays written by previous students um, or summaries, flashcards, um, mind maps already done. So it's a lot less work for you, <laughs> for you to do. Um, so yeah, we were just sort of organizing that, going through masses and masses of documents and folders, trying to make sense of it all to what's actually useful. Oh my gosh, that's great that you all collaborate and work with the um with the clinical as preclinical students. And mm. Google Drive, that's so good. I do that with my <laughs> sister actually, because she's in the oh. So all oh, of my resources from GCC I've just chucked at her and I said, right, <laughs> sort them out that some of them should help. So yeah. Very nice. <laughs> definitely know what that feels like but it's good it's good that you're all working together and yeah, I yeah. Think sometimes everything like that and around medicine can get a bit segregated so it's good you're working with each other yeah. not against each other that's really nice and you mentioned about um Bridgemas that is so funny and <laughs> do you have a lot of um kind of big um celebrations and parties where you get all dressed up Sort of. So, I mean, within our college and in most colleges, there'll be Bridgemas formals. So we had three of them and it would be, there would be Christmas crackers sort of laid out as well. And it would be sort of Christmas themed decorations. Um, otherwise, it's pretty much up to the students what you want to do. But there are a lot of Bridgemas events. It's also around the time where actual Christmas stuff 
start settling in like carol services that sort of thing so it sort of merges it's just like we the, the christmas spirit starts a little bit earlier than december but yeah oh, okay yeah because i know a lot of kind of cambridge and oxford the more traditional um universities in general they'll have a lot of formals or parties or whatever whatever they're yeah. called in their robe things i don't know what I'm gowns <laughs> gowns sorry yes that's okay it's quite yeah. pretentious actually but yeah <laughs> it's, 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 um, <laughs> it's tradition I guess isn't it and there's not a lot um, of history behind behind Cambridge so yeah it's really interesting to hear about that. <laughs> another question I was actually talking to another aspiring medic today and she mm. was wanting to know how women in medicine if they've experienced any not discrimination but if they felt they've been treated slightly differently and I know you haven't done placements yet but do you ever feel, do you ever get that vibe from anyone in the medical field? That's a very good question. Um, and I think it depends on what your cohort is like as well. In a sense, having college environments might be protective of that because there's so much like individual support. It doesn't ever really feel like you're up alone against anything, um, if that makes sense. Um, I think I'm quite lucky that I haven't experienced anything like that yet. And sometimes it can be really nice. So we've had um, a couple, we have a preparing for patients course, which is like the only clinical aspects of the first three years. And in third year, we have, um, we, we're partnered up and essentially we, are assigned a pregnant woman and we have uh, a few meetings and visits with them um, leading up to the pregnancy you know sort of to learn what the experience is like for them and then we meet them again after the birth and right now I so the partner allocation process is completely random and I'm with another lovely girl from a different college um, who I didn't really know before but in that environment, when you're talking to a pregnant woman and, you know, as medical students, you are two girls, younger girls um, talking to them. I don't know if that has also sort of helped with the patient interaction side of it, actually, rather than um, the other way around. Um, so it's an interesting thing to consider, maybe. Um, as a, you know, a female medical student, talking to some, you know, especially female patients, the patient themselves might be more open to talking to you um potentially as just just a thought yeah no that's really helpful because obviously I haven't been through it I haven't been through med school and yeah we were just having a conversation about is is that actually a thing or do you just hear about it do you just hear extreme cases so yeah it's, that's definitely interesting yeah. especially especially probably yeah and obviously gynae and pregnancy they're probably <laughs> very happy to have female doctors so yeah I'm yeah. sure that's that's not a problem in that sector but thank you for answering that question okay. um, lastly we've spoken a lot about exams and um lots of things going on and how you've been president of various things so there's obviously a lot going on and mm -hmm. things to do so how do you stay motivated and how do you study without getting totally overwhelmed so i think firstly is have an extracurricular hobby and devote a couple of hours to it a few times a week and do it completely guilt-free so don't when you're doing it don't think like oh I should be studying instead just set that time aside and 
get your studying done beforehand because you know your studying will fill whatever space you give it and um i do this with badminton which is something i used to do in school but also don't be afraid to try something new if you don't already have an established hobby um secondly work with other people um if there's something like a presentation where you can split up the, t the workload in terms of reading or topics um do that and also share resources so there's less to do yourself um especially if if you're going to a university which requires writing essays for example and lastly spend some quality time with friends and family um you know friends whether that be university friends at socials um try and keep in touch with some friends from school but you know i appreciate that and i think most university students will appreciate that can be quite difficult during term time and yeah make sure to sleep enough as well uh, because you're always you'll find that you study a lot more efficiently if you have enough sleep so if for example you're uh catching up to a, an online lecture say and it's at 11 p.m don't push through it sleep do it tomorrow you know instead of doing it at 11 p.m and having to pause and rewind every few minutes or so do it the next day at just one time speed and you'll get it done in an hour thank you so much that's such great advice i love that so don't feel guilty about your hobbies work with others and share your resources spend quality time with your friends family i think that's so important it's so yeah. easy to isolate yourself i think it's kind of scarily easy especially when you're in a new place you don't know where you are you're making new friends yeah. it's really important to keep those previous friendships and family going and then sleep sleep enough <laughs> yeah. yeah i think that's applicable to anything like just get your sleep i've only had four hours sleep the last two nights and i'm really feeling oh, it bless so, you. yeah i'll be fine tomorrow i'll be fine but gosh <laughs> yeah get enough sleep guys that's that's definitely a top tip for today so thank you so much for being on the podcast it's been great to have you thank you imogen that's all today from the medicine with you podcast thank you for listening join us next week and make sure to recommend this episode to any aspiring medics